Welcome to Direct-to-Video DVD Extras, a podcast between podcasts where we talk about whatever we want. Now, where's the button on this thing? See, I'm, I love I love that podcast. I also love The Adventure Zone because I absolutely adore... I like storytelling, and I yes. like good storytelling. And The Adventure Zone, if you go back and listen to the first episode, starts off super rocky... Uh, oh, yeah. As far as storytelling goes, and they they don't know what they're doing, and they're so bad at it, and they, I don't know how, I don't know if you're caught up. I'm not, I'm at about episode 31. Okay. 32. But the point is, and this started fairly quickly, but I would say probably there was some of this in the train arc, and then on. Like, the storytelling got really good. Yeah. Really good. Like, really fast. And it's mostly Griffin, but also everybody else is so connected with their character now. I can speak as somebody who, like, I've done... I've been in about three three Dungeons & Dragons campaigns, and I've, I'm currently, like, hosting one. Mm-hmm. It... It takes a while. It takes a. It, it doesn't matter whether you're playing D and D with somebody who's never touched it before, or with somebody who's been playing D and D for like a decade. It takes a while for people to just sit down and 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 just be in character and and mm-hmm. have a good time. Because like the first couple of times you do it, it doesn't matter. It, it's always this alien experience. Like you're stepping in mm-hmm. squishy shoes. I. I was only ever in one D&D campaign, and it was bad for a lot of reasons. One of the reasons is that I think just doing an, uh, uh, a campaign over Skype is rough. Definitely. It's, 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 like, not easy. It's not as... You don't get as dynamic a uh, reaction as you do around a table. Yeah, Two, definitely. We had, like, 40 characters that were just rotated in and out, depending on who had time to play. Yeah. And three, it was the first time for, like, three quarters of the players, and it was Caleb's first time DMing. And I think at the end of it, it took about a year. Our 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 whole deal took about a year. I think at the end of it, everybody thought, yeah, we could have done that better. <laughs> Um, and then it kind of fell apart after that, because after we didn't... Because, again, there were, like, 40 people. Yeah. And, like, three people came to each game. So, once once that was over, there wasn't enough momentum to start a new game. Definitely. And campaign fatigue is a thing. And the way the way that I've usually seen it, like, thought is usually there's, a, there's like, a rotating DMs. Mm-hmm. But it, but it'll happen, you know. Like I went, I went a good three years of my life just not playing Dungeons and Dragons, because a I didn't have anyone to play it with, but b I just I just didn't have the itch to do it. And you know, like I, I think that was a time in my life when I was kind of really all in on video games too, which might have had something to do with it. Mm. I just think, see, I've I've only had not a negative experience exactly because there was a lot of good stuff in that game but Definitely. it was there was so much other it, it was so bogged down with all this other stuff going on that it, so i've only had kind of a mediocre experience with dungeons and dragons um so i love listening to a podcast where it can be used for great storytelling speaking of which did you ever That's... end up picking up friends at the table yes 
because because of a tweet you because of the tweet you sent i think <laughs> yeah um, i i started listening to it when i was driving out here nice i just downloaded um like 30 episodes i thought well that'll keep me <laughs> yeah going through i loved there and it seems it seems like it's completely over which is such a downer to me um their weird sci-fi one i haven't gotten to counterweight yet um oh okay i i'm i'm still working because i i listened to a bunch of it over winter break which is i think when i mm-hmm. tweeted about it uh just because like i was like i had a road trip to california and i was going to be spending my time out there and mm. it was my first vacation in a long time so i spent a lot of the nights and driving there just listening to it mm. And then when I got back to school, I kind of had to stop just because I didn't have the time. Right. But holy shit. Sometimes I'll be listening to a podcast I really love, and I'll think, oh, I need to do some of my own stuff. I need to do a comic, or I need to edit my own podcast or something. And I will and I will stop, and I'll think, there's no way, no possible way I can keep listening to this podcast, right? It's not possible, right? Because <laughs> I'm really into this story, but also, me and Andy talk about Wolf Quest for a while, and I need to get that down. <laughs> Can I mention something interesting I thought about the last two podcasts we released? Yes, with, out of order. We did release them out of order. That just It happens sometimes, people. All the time, actually. Shut up. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed listening to Wolf Quest much more than I enjoyed listening to Brother Bear 2. And I think the reason is Brother Bear 2 was a mediocre movie. And so when we talked about it, we didn't have any crazy stuff to say. And Wolf Quest was such a batshit insane movie that even though after we talked about it, I felt like I'd had my soul sucked by a Dementor. Our energy in that podcast was so much higher. Just because of our pure, unadulterated hatred of we, it. I I could not... I cannot stress enough right now how much I did not enjoy watching Wolf Quest. It, Wolf Quest. Like, I had my own spiritual journey trying to get through that movie. Oh, it was, it was such a mess. But what I'm hearing from you, Tony, is that maybe, maybe we do need to watch Wings of Change. No, no, no. Nobody said that. Let's not get crazy. (laughs) Because I, I, I do agree with you. I, I do get, there's a... (laughs) I, because I agree with you, I... I had more. I had a smile on my face listening to myself uh, and you kind of go through Balto and Balto Two, mm-hmm. and going through Brother Bear though, I had a lot more moments of like, oh, that's an interesting thought that I had, that I still yeah. agree with. So, I, as usual, my favorite jokes in that one were about the McElroys, <laughs> um, and that was at the beginning. That was before all the good stuff. Oh, and I'll say this, though. Listening back to it, I really did love your retelling of the uh, dead bear joke. 
Although, again, like we do, we immediately followed that one up with more talk about racist caricatures. Yeah. Ah, good times. It's, it's... And brother, I think I think maybe it has to do with the fact that like of all the movies uh, that that we've tackled from Disney, have some element of like of cultural appropriation or racism that we have to talk about. Like it has to be talked about. It does, and because it feels wrong if we don't. I think I I genuinely I like that we talk about it. I don't yeah. think. Yeah, I don't think we could have a decent podcast or any kind of medium if we didn't talk about stuff like that i would feel awful about it yeah especially with something like pocahontas 2 and peter pan oh fuck yeah (laughs) Uh, and i think watching those movies early really opened us up to all these other ones where now if we see something like that we feel like we need to mention it yeah i think it's kind of important because this dude does not have a cool track record it's stuff like that it's very interesting to me because, like, because Disney's been around for so, like, so long. Disney, mm-hmm. Disney, Disney has like stuff in the archives that you can go find and watch, like pre World War Two, World War Two, Cold War. Like, you can watch America grow watching mm-hmm. Disney movies, and in some play, and in some cases, like regress and grow again. It's odd to me that, like, even today. That I can watch a movie so recent as Brother Bear, which was what two thousand and five, yeah, two thousand two thousand and five, two thousand and six, and have to think only only a decade after Brother Bear is released, like this same company releases Moana, like such a beautiful mm-hmm. love letter, and only a decade before they released Lion King, which is like again a beautiful love letter to this culture that nobody on the staff really knew anything about until they started working on the project like it's bonkers mhm and that and yeah that's that's amazing and then stuff happens in between that like again i'm going to bring it up because i always bring it up pocahontas where they have where they take a real person and a real thing that happened and they have her talk to a tree why did they do that and it's not and to be fair, it's not just a real person and a real thing that happened, but a real controversial piece of Native American history. Yeah. Yeah, because like, they don't see her as a... Um, in white in white man's culture, she's a hero. She's uh, she's basically a legend. Yeah. Um, to them, she's somebody who betrayed them. She left to go to England and get married to a white guy. And it's and it's like obviously it's more complicated than that, but yeah, like in a sense, like she's not looked at fondly by most Native American cultures. Yeah, absolutely, and it's kind of fascinating to think about. And it seems like something that the people who worked on the movie did not think about that much. Maybe the people who worked on the second movie thought about it though. <laughs> oh yeah, probably. And that movie was so weirdly in depth. Weirdly, weirdly in depth. Yeah, I want to maybe... get. I want to get. Maybe a historian that... on this show, and we'll talk about that movie again, and he'll tell us all the crap we missed, or she'll tell us. It doesn't matter what kind of historian they. I think there's an amazing lens that you can watch a lot of these Disney movies through and talk about, like mm-hmm. that era of American of Americana and how it influenced this movie, and and then also on the other hand, talk about how like how how Disney just got it so wrong. 
But we're fucking millennials, so we'll only scratch the surface of it. <laughs> oh, man. I've had such a long day. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's good. It's like, it's partially my fault, and uh, and I'm having I'm having one of those days, and I haven't had one of these days in like a good, a good nine months where I'm just gonna stay up all night. Like, I don't care. Okay. Spring breaks in a week, so who gives a shit? That's true. Yeah, that'll be good. So, I am staying with my aunt right now. Yes. Because, uh, as we have established, I do not have a job and have moved to the desert. And, you know, when I say those two things together, you, you know what, that's not important. <laughs> um, what's important is, uh, it's my cousin's birthday yesterday, uh, two hours and 17 minutes ago. It was my cousin's birthday. Uh, she turned 12, and to celebrate it, yesterday we went to the Renaissance Fair. Oh my god, that's awesome. Yeah, I have never been to a Renaissance Fair before. But it was basically exactly what I expected with more people selling stuff. It was pretty dope. There were, um, I'll say this, and I think this is why people go to Comic Cons. The most interesting thing there was not all the performers or all the stuff people were selling or all the people or the food. Or, I mean, all the uh, employees or the, the food or the rides or anything like that. Yeah. The most interesting thing was the people who came dressed up. <laughs> because some came dressed up in these really intricate costumes. So there was a woman in a wheelchair dressed as a mermaid. Oh, that's beautiful. She had like a real ass tail. She's just being pushed around in her wheelchair. It was awesome. There was, um... I shouldn't have opened with the mermaid one. That's the best one. Um, <laughs> there's, said, yeah, a group that had, there's a group that clearly comes as their D&D group. Oh, that's sweet. Uh, one, of, one of them was an orc, like painted green and everything. There was a guy dressed as a ranger in furs, and he had a staff and everything. And he had this little terrier on a leash. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was so great. I, oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, I... I can say, like, as as I've, like, I, I got to go to Anime Expo several years ago, or, mm-hmm. yeah, several years ago now, and at the, I'm, I'm, I'm a bigger anime fan, I think, now, today, than I was when I went, um, so at the time, I couldn't appreciate it, but my memories of what I just got to see, though, like, these people in these, like, crazy, insane costumes, and, like, mm-hmm. like, I, I... I have a memory of 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 seeing this like same group of people coming in like throughout the weekend every day in like different costumes and they would just rotate like like one day they came as like one as like one group costume of one thing and then like 6 hours later they'd be dressed up as something else like that is awesome there's a level of just awe that I love that I mm-hmm. have when I watch people just dress up as something that they love I I deeply mm-hmm. appreciate it it's it's about seeing other people passionate. Yeah. And seeing where they put their passion. It's like it's honestly like um staring at a masterpiece. Yeah. And when you go into an art museum and you see something you think this took somebody's this this drove somebody for a year or 5 years. Yeah. This is what they were doing. And there is a level of that that you can see in just 
cosplayers and people who just love to dress up. It's crazy, and I love it, and it's great. And I don't have, I do not have a fraction of that passion for that. I hate, I even hate thinking about what my face looks like. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a pretty narcissistic person. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have. I, I said mm-hmm to like, just to politely keep you going, but I should wait for a second and listen before I automatically agree to stuff. <laughs> I should at least give you like. <laughs> No, you're not that narcissistic. No, no, it's fine. Please agree. I am a, I am a, I'm a pretty huge narcissist. Like, okay. And like, come on, let's be real. I'm me. I kind of deserve it. So, the narcissism, I mean, and also go. the, the put down. Where was I going with this? Right. <laughs> I, <laughs> I absolutely hate dressing up. Like, I have not. Like, I stopped doing Halloween when I was 14. I fucking hate costumes. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. I, mm-hmm. I, I think about it a lot. I wish, like, I, I have a dream that one day I'll both learn how to break dance and have an amazing Spider-Man costume and do both at the same time. <laughs> which to this oh, day man, is still we like need to kickstart that dream. Oh, I would, I would love that dream so, and I, and I will make it come true someday. But I, but other than that, I cannot stand the idea of like having to put on a costume and having to like do my hair a certain way and having to like make my face like I have enough like trouble and like vanity just making me look like me every day to, and that I don't even like thinking about trying to look like someone else yeah no I understand that on the other hand let's sort of do a flip side there no you're good um this is gonna sound like I have no self-esteem unless I can word it yeah correctly um I'm saying um a lot this podcast. I wonder how many of those I'm going to be able to cut out. I have a beard, mostly because I don't like looking at my face that much. And this is a way to hide a certain amount of my face under a beard. And sometimes, if I'm like feeling very stressed out about a situation, I will just think about my beard... And how this part of my face is hidden. This is... It still sounds weird, but my basic idea is that Oscar Wilde quote, uh, if you want to know how someone, how a man truly feels, give him a mask. Hmm. So, if you have a mask, if you have the costume, then I feel like you can be freer to be yourself because people won't look at you as yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is, it's a philosophy I kind of like, but also one I've never gotten behind because I don't do costumes either. It's it's just something I, I enjoy thinking about sometimes. I, I enjoy looking at people with great costumes and like, and I enjoy mm-hmm. designing costumes. Like I, like a, for a, a good part of my life, I wanted to go to art school and be a fashion designer. So I still love looking at costumes and being like, oh, like these fabrics that you're using are super great and like the way that these like material like I, I I really think about costumes more than I should for somebody who hates wearing them. I'll tell you what, that sounds awesome. I <laughs> sort of wish I had that part of my brain just on. I don't do that. I, I I can't have that. I I'm realizing now, like I'm studying mathematics at college. Mm-hmm. How much of my time, how how I spend so much time like sitting there like doing like math 
and grading math and training to be a mathematician. But I spend 90% of my, like, not doing math time, which is a pretty good chunk of my life, honing all Mm -hmm. of these artistic skills that I probably will never use just because I love art so much. That's awesome, though. If I didn't... Okay, so... I call myself a writer, right? You are. I've never been published. Um... I have a comic that I have been working on for, like, five years? Like, Mm -hmm. coming up on five years? Yeah, about. And I have, like, like five fans. Like, a fan a year. Uh, That is... That is underestimating it, but, like, not by a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I would go insane... If I did, if I didn't write, yeah, I, I I would drive myself mad. I can definitely understand that. I, I especially like with the fact that like I have been, I have been working, uh, and so much of my work involves writing and typing, and I've been working mm-hmm. so so much lately that um, I actually like I have to wear a wrist brace now. Otherwise, my like hand starts cramping up, and the mm-hmm. tendons in my wrist start just going ballistic. Mm-hmm. So I ha- I haven't been able to like pick up a pencil and like sit down and draw for a good nine months Ugh. and every time I remember that it's like it's like I'm it's like I'm slowly watching a part of myself fade away which is a little dramatic but no I understand I I, I do get it and I find myself thinking about it often I find myself thinking about like things that I used to do often that I don't do anymore mm-hmm. and how at the time that I was doing those things it meant so much to me then Mm -hmm. have you uh have you heard of the concept of um like a person dies a thousand times in order to find out who they really are yes like this idea that as you grow and as you age like you're such a completely different person like every five years every 10 years every year that the person Mm -hmm. you used to be is essentially dead like in a philosophical way yeah no i understand it's just we're touching on some real shit here yeah no but that, but that's the thing though is is like, like the reason I think about it so often isn't because like I feel sad about it. It's just I think it's it's kind of cute to think like when I was six I fucking was into Beyblades way too much. <laughs> like I, uh, I was obsessed with Beyblades. I would get up at six in the morning uh, on Saturdays to watch a single episode of Beyblade and then talk about it to no one because all of my friends didn't watch Beyblade. Thank you for listening to. Are, are, are we just? Are we just gonna go into it? Yeah, let's I'm, just do this. I'm let's just go into it. Let's quickly As wrap soon this up. Started talking about seeing your breath. I was like, we should get Andy inside. <laughs> um, thank you for listening to Direct Video uh, VHS. VHS. See the extras. Um, I have been your host Tony Robusto, and I have been your host Andy. Oh my God, my feet—they're so cold. Reyes. He's fine. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Theaterbats. <laughs> Sorry, just listening to your panicked voice. Uh, like, I'm not dying, dying. I'm not, it's not actually that cold. It's just, it's happening. Um, you can find me at royalty underscore Valens. The underscore is important. Uh, you can also find all of our stuff at direct2.video. Definitely check us out. If you listen to us on Google Play or iTunes, you should totally give us that sweet, sweet five-star rating. Yeah. Also, I just uh, 
I I was real proud of myself because last time, last week after I posted the last podcast, I linked Lee Rosevere, which I hadn't done yet, in in our links section. Nice. It seems like the only thing to do. So if you guys ever think, "Wow, that that uh, Penguins on Parade song sounds really fucking good," then you just go to direct to video and click that link, and you'll go right to his uh his his library with all his free stuff. He's a, he's definitely got a lot of like cool bits that you can use if you're ever deciding to start up your own podcast like we did. Yeah. And it's great. And it's a lot of fun. And uh I think I said thank you for thank you. So uh I just uh I am the ghost of John Smith. Oh Andy is the ghost of Andy. Yes. Uh he is oh, dead now. I'm dead. It's happened, guys. Oh fuck. How am I gonna stop the recording if I'm dead? <laughs> How are you going to send me the record? Okay, if I have to go down to New Mexico just because you died, I am going to be Well, to be fair, my fingers are a little cold. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh, because it is 1.16 in the morning, my roommate has class tomorrow at 7 a.m., so I am going to be recording this in my car. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right, cool. <laughs>